Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Clearance. The Starlight Lounge presents an evening with the progressive box. The moon. Yeah. That's Hugo tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi oh! This next one's for you too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Easter is coming up, and I just can't wait to have the whole family in one place. And of course, what's Easter without an awesome Easter brunch? Now, I don't know about your family, but mine is a little picky, and I really wanted to impress them with something delicious. A friend told me I should check out Total Wine and More. It was crazy. They must have every wine and beer imaginable. I told one of their friendly experts my situation, and they found me just the thing. This sparkling wine is going to be absolutely perfect for brunch, even with my picky family. I know next time I need something, I'm shopping at Total Wine and more. Welcome everyone to episode 111 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Taporic and today we're going to talk about a bunch of bad injury news that we got over the weekend along with one potential trade that may or may not be happening. We'll find out shortly I guess. Before we get underway wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA pod. In our bio you can find our Twitter handles to so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes so please subscribe Download, leave some... People have gathered around ideas since the beginning of time. Each successful collaboration pushing innovation forward, building a stronger future. Motorist Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have combined decades of experience to create an even better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders. Encircling businesses and individuals with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now... Incova Insurance. Reviews, we'd love any feedback. And we're being hosted this year on FanRag Sports. So check them out on Twitter at FanRag Sports and for their NBA content at FRS Hoops with a Z. Joining me today, as always, is my not so sleepy co host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? Well, I am wide fucking awake right now, Brian, because the NBA is shit crazy. Yeah. What the hell happened? Just. 15 minutes ago, we were all about all, all about talking, you know, Nikola Mercic was going to Chicago, then he wasn't, and everything went to, to crap, Ryan. What the hell happened? Explain yeah. it to me. Do you have vertigo yet from this, the past 30 minutes? Yeah, so imagine how I'm feeling during uh, July. Yeah. Uh, so, as Mort referred to, we actually, this is our second take on this podcast, because we had started recording one, uh, discussing the reported... Nikola Mirotic to the New Orleans Pelicans deal, which Vincent Goodwill of NBC Sports Chicago and Bleacher Report, uh, he was the first to break the news right mm-hmm. around noon central time. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski then swooped in, as he is wont to do in these times, and said the deal had, they were progressing on the deal, but it is off for now. Uh, so it sounds like it's still possible, but Goodwill's reported deal of Miritich to New Orleans for Omera Sheik and a first-round pick 
There are a couple potential snags with that, Mort. You wanted to go into those? Apparently, the deal was illegal, according to Bobby Marks, simply because Chicago did not take enough salary back in this in the uh, yeah in the trade because pe- the Pelicans are basically hard capped. So if you add in Tony Allen going to the Bulls and you pick up Nikola Mirotic option because there's a team option for him next year and Nico has veto rights going into this trade because when you are on a a what you call a, two, a, a one plus one contract, which is essentially a two-year deal, but you have the option either as a player or a team to cut it off after one, then it's called a one plus one uh, contract. And in that first year, the player has veto rights. And Nico is going, well, you know what? If you trade me to to the New Orleans Pelicans and they have my team option, they could just dis- decide to not pick it up next year and I'll be out $12.5 So I'm going to use my veto right not to do this, but you can pick my option up any time. Like you could pick it up right now and then you could send me off to the to the Pelicans, mm-hmm. and then I would be on the books for next year, and I'll be earning $12.5 million. And the Bulls are probably going to do that. I This is me guessing. But, I mean, you add in Tony Allen, you pick up his option, boom. I mean, Bob's your uncle. Yeah. Yeah. It, it seems like, I mean, Woj said it fell apart for now. We still have more than a week until the trade deadline. If they've progressed that far on talks... And it's at the fix is as simple as including someone like Tony Allen or Jameer Nelson just to make it cap legal. Uh, that should be a pretty easy fix. I guess the bigger mm-hmm. question is whether New Orleans wants to pick up that $12.5 million team option for 2018 19. Um, because if not, Mort, as you mentioned, Nico has veto power and he is in his right to veto that trade and say, no, I'm not going to turn mm-hmm. down $12.5 million. You know, they should though. Like New Orleans should be interested in that. Like having Nico locked up for next year year because as we talked about in the, our first attempt <laughs> at this podcast, getting Nico is a scoop. Yeah. They I mean, look, New Orleans were going nowhere in terms of not not team-wise. Like look, Bookie has been great and he and AD have been amazing together, but they were no, going nowhere in terms of upgrading the roster around them. This does that. And Nikola Miricic is not some marginal upgrade at one of the positions. Like, this is their their third, maybe fourth leading scorer moving forward, mm-hmm. which isn't insignificant. Yeah. So let's start, let's rewind a few days, because I feel like we need to provide more context about New Orleans' approach at the deadline. Uh, we got to go back to Friday when DeMarcus Cousins suffered a season-ending Achilles tear in the waning yeah. moments of the Pelicans' victory over the Houston Rockets. Uh, in the wake of that injury, multiple reporters, one from the Associated Press and then Scott Kushner from the, uh, the Advocate down in New Orleans, both reported that the Pelicans planned on being aggressive at the trade deadline. They wanted to find someone who would fill the void that Cousins left. So, mm. in theory, that... You know, it, it may very well be Miritich, even though these talks have hit a snag for now. Part of it, I mean, I, I'm with you in thinking they should absolutely want to pick up that team option because yeah. Cousins' timetable to return right now is very uncertain. We've heard any th- anything from six to ten months. If it's on the later end of that, he's going to miss the start of the 2018-19 season. And even if he's back and healthy in six months, 
we don't know that DeMarcus Cousins is going to be the same player that he was. And shit, at this point, we don't even know that DeMarcus Cousins is going to be in New Orleans next year. I mean, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent in July. So this getting Miritich would give them one hell of a backup plan, if nothing else. Yeah, slide AD to center, play Nico at the four, and then it's all about like the face-up game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's no Pookie Cousins, but it's at least a respectable solution to what could end up being a bad situation. Yeah, I agree. So, Mort, hypothetically, if this trade does go through, let's just assume you know they work out yeah. whatever kinks are left. What it are your seems thoughts? that way because it seems that way because Casey Johnson just tweeted Bulls Pelicans still in advanced discussion on Miritich trade. Yeah, so so it yeah. seems likely to happen. Right. We, do, we don't know what the protections are on the first round pick the Pelicans are going to send back, which will I, I feel like will influence our thinking on the Chicago end of things. But mm-hmm. uh, what are your thoughts about this trade from the Chicago perspective? I mean, it's a first-round draft pick. Again, it's so difficult to say right now because we don't know the protections of the first-round draft pick because you are removing a good contract for a bad contract. So the the value of that first-round draft pick is essentially everything. Right. I mean, it's... Yeah. You're taking on... Ashik is owed $11.3 million in 2018-19, and then he... He has a three million dollars guaranteed in twenty nineteen twenty. So you're paying correct, give, give or take fourteen point three million dollars for a first round pick. Right. So this is the Bulls paying for a first round draft pick mm-hmm. while giving up something of significance. So if this pick is protected, like let's say top twenty protected, mm-hmm. and it's top twenty protected for a couple of years, and then it converts into a second round pick if it hasn't been. Uh, you know, converted to the Bulls or mm-hmm. traded to the Bulls or whatever you call it, then it's a bad deal for the Bulls because Nico is just too good to fetch something that could ultimately be a fake first-round draft pick, mm-hmm. and you know about that description. Yes, yes. yeah, exactly. It reminds, it calls back to last trade deadline when the Sixers traded New Orleans Noel for a top-20 pick that then turned into, I believe, two second-rounders. But yeah, it, it's... It yeah. completely depends on the protections. For Chicago's sake, I would say, like, what's the lowest you would do this deal for? I would say it's got to be... I, I would draw the line at lottery protection if I'm Chicago. And even there, oh, yeah. I start to get nervous. It, it's funny you ask, because I had this discussion with Mark Karen Sulis, who was on. And um, what, what we talked about was that the Bulls would need to get something of significance. Like they would, they should probably accept a pick that's between like 15 and 20. Like that should be the floor. Mm-hmm. And obviously everything above that would just be cream. Sure. But yeah, but something in that area. So right now looking at Tankathon, New Orleans is picking 18th. That could work if they stayed at that level. Mm-hmm. They they lost Bookie unfortunately, and really we need to talk about how unfortunate that is later yeah. on. So they probably fall down to 15, 16 if they make the playoffs, maybe even fourteenth if they miss it. Mm-hmm. I I feel that's a fair starting point. I mean they've won twenty seven games already, so it might also be in their interest, New Orleans's best interest, to have that pick be converted this year 
so get it out of the way right right yeah i mean we'll see what happens again we don't know the protections so that right. complicates our analysis here i mean if it's a very different conversation more as you said if it's a top 20 protected pick and then turns into a second rounder then it seems much more lopsided for new orleans if it's a top 10 protected pick all of a sudden it looks a lot better for chicago yeah. so we don't know we'll we'll next episode once we find out more details assuming this comes through we will revisit this conversation uh but let's turn to the new new orleans side of things more even without miritich let's just yeah. talk about cousins the injury what it means for the pelicans oh, playoff chances yeah let's start there um well no no let's start at bookie okay specifically because yeah. I mean, I have a bone to pick with people who keep going, yeah, Bookie has been disappointing. He's, you know, he's not that type of player you put around AD. It's not working. Like, what are you watching? I've seen, like, quite a few people on Twitter say this. And I'm like, really? What What are you watching out there? Huh. I mean, this guy played, what, let's see, 48 games. He's a center, mind you. Mm-hmm. He's a sen- he's a center and he already broke 100 threes on the year. He's averaging 5.4 assists, which is coincidentally the same number of assists as Joakim Joakim Noah averaged in that season where he was like fourth in the MVP and he won the defensive player of the year. Remember that insane season he had? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where everyone was like, "Oh, he's on triple double watch all the time." Well, that's this is the same number of assists. Mm-hmm. He's also pulling down 13 rebounds. He's getting to the line 8 times. A, a steal and a half, a block and a half, and 25 points. Look, let's not get it twisted. DeMarcus, had he been healthy and wrapped up the season at this rate, would have had an insane stat line that we would have looked back at, back at for in like five years' time and gone, oh, shit, that's <laughs> that's remarkable. Yeah. I mean, we it was already there. Like, he and Anthony yeah. Davis were the only teammates in NBA history to be averaging at least 25 points and 10 rebounds a game. Right. That I'm surprised. I mean, I've been offline, as I've said, I've been offline for the last two weeks, basically. So I haven't really been able to check Twitter that much. I'm surprised that there was that type of sentiment out there about DeMarcus Cousins. I thought it was... Well, not not smart people, obviously. Okay. I mean, the the smart people seem to understand that he's he's been valuable, but you still... I think it's because you have the leftover hate from the bookie Sacramento days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huh. If anyone out there is listening and still harbors those ill will and ill feelings toward Boogie, drop it. He's been great this year. It sucks that he went down... uh, I mean, at this point, where you know he's a free agent in July, mm. the history of big men coming back from Achilles tears, it calls to Elton Brand right away. I mean, that's like Ugh. the most natural comparison. Who, yeah, you know, he played eight more years after uh, the Achilles tear that he had back in the late two thousands, but he was never quite the same player. Uh, how worried are you that we've seen peak boogie? Do you think he can get back to the level that he was at? Or do you think Elton Brand's going to be the cautionary tale for what we should expect? So here's the thing with Elton. Elton was an undersized power forward. Like, he had long arms, so that's one thing working for him Mm -hmm. back in the day. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he was still a guy who had to constantly overcome a lack of height. And he, while he was athletic, he was never overpoweringly athletic. 
Bookie is not athletic either in that same sense, but he's big, he's physical, he's strong, he's got size, and more importantly, he's got three-point range. That means that he can somehow manufacture shots for himself that Elton couldn't. Mm -hmm. He can step outside, still be a pick-and-pop player. So even if he isn't as active underneath the rim, I don't foresee a problem in terms of him hitting jump shots. He's become quite competent at hitting jump shots and being a face-up player where he will uh, see some lack I think is maybe in the rebounding department because he's a very active jumper like his second jump is pretty quick Mm -hmm. that probably goes away a little bit I don't think we'll see another 13 rebounds a game season for him so he might decline on the boards a little bit he might not get as many easy buckets in transition but I could see him becoming very very stable in this half-court setting still whether that's to the tune of 25 points or if he goes down to becoming like a 20, 22-point guy, we don't know. But, I mean, I'm still certain that he'll be relevant and he'll be good and he'll probably get a couple more all-star credits to his name. The thing with me is, does this ruin his longevity? Mm-hmm. That's the thing, because when Elton started declining, it suddenly went really fast. Yeah, and he also had a shoulder injury that contributed to the decline, so it's not like the Achilles was, was the sole problem. Um, right. But, it's a, I mean, it's a fair question, and that leads me to my next one. If you're the Pelicans or if you're any other team, are you, are you willing to still give Boogie a max contract in free agency? I am if I'm New Orleans, because what else do you have? Right. Yeah. What about... There, I mean, there aren't that many teams with max contract space this summer, barring, yeah. like, you know, who knows what happens in the next week or so. Um, but the Lakers seem like the one team that's going to have the cap space to do mm-hmm. make some moves. Paul George recently just gave an interview where he said, like, Russ caping for him for the All-Star game made his is making his decision easier, kind of hinting that, you know, he might re-sign in Oklahoma City at, at least short term. So that would be the Lakers' plan A. Do you think they get into the bidding on Boogie? And do you, if so, do you think they're willing to offer a full four-year max deal? They gave Dang 72, right? <laughs> they sure did. And, and, and Muscov 64. Under different, or a different front <laughs> yeah. office. But no, yeah. that's, that's just me poking fun at Lakers fans. I'm yeah. sorry. But yeah. um, no, I, I think I, I think they've gone a little bit away from you know the risk category outside of Lonzo Ball, who was a risk. Let's admit it because of his father, mm-hmm. Voldemort, I believe he's called. <laughs> yep. Um, so, but outside of that, I, I think when it comes to injuries and big men, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're a little bit conservative this time around. Mm-hmm. So if they are going into Boogie and uh, taking a meeting with Boogie, it's probably going to be with some sort of. Uh, limited financial offer i could imagine they may go short on the years and if they are to extend it to four years then they sell boogie outright you got to sacrifice on the money Mm. so you i mean it seems like you're saying regardless of where he goes this this injury is going to impact like i feel like he was a no-brainer full max guy before the injury but now it's yeah. like at least somewhat more questionable. If it's outside New Orleans, yes. Yeah. yeah. Like again, I mean, don't get it twisted here because if New Orleans were able to get him for cheap, like if they could use this as an argument and go, you know what? I mean, 
we might have to shave 10 million off a year and he goes okay that's obviously a drastic number but you know what i mean right, like right, shave right. some money off the number off the off the annual salary and boogie complies and goes you know what i get it that's fine mm-hmm. then obviously he'd do it but if if the alternative is to just let him go for nothing or paying the max i mean <laughs> pay the max go get it that that's one of those guys that where you can at least get something good out of it like solomon hill no and you right. just got away from the from the Omera Sheik trade or or the 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 contract rather yeah. and replaced that with a good deal in uh, in Nico. So I mean, yeah, you, you got to go all in here. And I mean, if nothing else, you know, assuming Cousins is even resembles the player he was prior to the injury, look at what the Clippers did with Blake Griffin. They re-signed exactly. him just to trade him away. So I'm with you, I think. The Pelicans is a no-brainer. If anything, it probably helps their chances of retaining him because I think, as mm-hmm. you said, teams outside of New Orleans may be a little more hesitant to, you know, they, they won't have, like, New Orleans medical staff is going to be hands-on with him for the next five to six yep. months. So they'll have yep. more information about how he's recovering and his day-to-day progress than anyone else. Um, they'll have lots of data on him. Yeah, yeah. Let's quickly touch on the Pelicans trade uh, playoff chances now in the wake <laughs> of this injury. Yeah. Let's just yeah. assume Miritich ends up there. Cause it really sounds like it's going to, mm. do you think they still make the playoffs? They are. Oh, it's going to be close. Yeah. They're currently the number six seed. They have a two game lead over yeah. the ninth seeded Clippers, but the Clippers just traded away Blake Griffin and could yeah, be this is going to be Lou Williams right. and DeAndre Jordan in the coming days. Yeah. And I outside I of them think like, so. Utah is 4 games behind the Clippers. I mean it's an it's a 9 team race right now. Yeah. I I think so. Yeah. But it's going to be close. If anything they're going to be the 8th seed, right? I can't imagine a world where they're like the 6th or 7th seed yeah. after this loss even yeah. with Nico. Yeah. I mean I could imagine they are going to be one of those you know just clinging on to eighth because i have a feeling utah is going to search at some point mm-hmm. especially with gobert i mean he's been hurt for most of the year but he's back now he's back and if they trade rodney hood and get something good in return mm-hmm. that fits their style of play a little bit better mm-hmm. then why not right yeah. so we don't know that's that's like a wild card option but we should also not lose sight of the fact of how good anthony davis is yeah. so if there's a guy out there who's capable like both physically and has the superstar mentality to go you know what i can take this upon myself for the next 20 games Mm -hmm. that's ad i mean this guy could average 35 points for the rest of the season Mm -hmm. and it wouldn't surprise me one bit yeah i mean the problem is if you ride anthony davis more and play him more minutes you're playing with fire because of his lengthy injury history and I wrote something, I wrote a piece about just the Cousins trade and the impact in general on the Pelicans. And in that, doing that research, I, I found on NBA Wowie that in the minutes where both Boogie and Davis sit, the Pelicans oh. get outscored by nearly 20 points per 100 possessions. Oh, yeah. So now they go from, you know, when, when Davis played and Cousins sat, they were still fine. But now they don't have the luxury of having one of those guys on the court at all times. So now it's, all right, we're going to be 
you know, we're going to stay competitive while Anthony Davis is playing in his mm. 34 minutes or whatever. In those other 14-ish minutes, how do we stay afloat? Like, is are we just going to get blown off the floor every time? And now we need yeah. to, you know, <laughs> we need to open such a big lead that when our bench inevitably blows it, we're still in the game. So maybe Miritich helps in that regard, but he's not DeMarcus Cousins. He's not DeMarcus, but he does help. He provides a lot of staple shooting. He's also able in a more free offense to get to the line a lot. That mm-hmm. was something he did a whole ton in, during his rookie season under tips, by the way, mm-hmm. which they went away from, away from after Hoiberg was hired. So if he gets back to this inside-outside game that he had going where he would draw a lot of fouls, he would shoot a lot of frees. Like he was ba- he's pl- basically uh, the, the, the love child of Daryl Morey and insert famous European coach here because he's he's playing that analytical game and he's doing it efficiently when he's given the th- freedom to do so. Right now, he's been kind of pigeonholed. Mm-hmm. So getting him to a place where he might not be, mm-hmm. that could unleash him in a way that we haven't even seen yet. Like this year, we were going, oh, he's a lot better than he used to be. Right. He, I, I still think there's more to him. I think he could be even better. It'll be it'll be fascinating to see not only what happens just with the Nico trade in general, but kind of how the Pelicans retool on the fly as they adapt to being without Boogie. And we will keep a close eye on them in the days leading up to the trade deadline to see how this Miritich deal, whether it goes through and what the protections are. So we'll we'll talk more about yeah. that next episode, if if and when. Oh, or this episode, if it if it <laughs> right. breaks while we're talking. Yeah. yeah. Easter is coming up, and I just can't wait to have the whole family in one place. And of course, what's Easter without an awesome Easter brunch? Now, I don't know about your family, but mine is a little picky, and I really wanted to impress them with something delicious. A friend told me I should check out Total Wine and More. It was crazy. They must have every wine and beer imaginable. I told one of their friendly experts my situation, and they found me just the thing. This sparkling wine is going to be absolutely perfect for brunch, even with my picky family. I know next time I need something, I'm shopping at Total Wine and more. Easter is coming up, and I just can't wait to have the whole family in one place. And of course, what's Easter without an awesome Easter brunch? Now, I don't know about your family, but mine is a little picky, and I really wanted to impress them with something delicious. A friend told me I should check out Total Wine and More. It was crazy. They must have every wine and beer imaginable. I told one of their friendly experts my situation, and they found me just the thing. This sparkling wine is going to be absolutely perfect for brunch, even with my picky family. I know next time I need something, I'm shopping at Total Wine and more in the meantime let's move on to the washington wizards who also got some bad news on tuesday it's a hard life brian candace buckner of the washington post reported that john wall is going to be out for the next six to eight weeks as he undergoes a knee procedure to clean Mm. out some debris he's been bothered by this knee for most of the year he missed a couple games earlier in the year um and then it was reported that he was going to go monday to consult with a surgeon I guess the surgeon said, you know, got to clean out your knee so you're back by the playoffs. So Wall is going to miss the All-Star game most of the rest of the regular season. What do you think that means for the Wizards, Mort? They are currently the sixth seed, or they're tied with the Milwaukee Bucks for the fifth seed. But they only have a two-game lead over the eighth-seeded Philadelphia 76ers. Mm-hmm. They're four and a half games ahead of the Detroit Pistons, who just added, you know, Blake Griffin. 
can I just insert the same logic that I did with the Pelicans? That they're that they are not gonna be this sure fire high C playoff team. They're probably gonna end up pretty low. Yeah, it sucks to say that, but yes. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm looking forward to seeing what Bradley Beal can do without John Wall for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Just because I want to see, I want to see Bradley feel himself a little bit. Just him running the team as a straight A option, just mm-hmm. going nuts, averaging <laughs> I don't know how many points because he's capable of that. But you're losing your heart, John Wall, for you know the the somewhat weak season he's had compared to last year. He's still like you're. He's the guy who sets the tone defensively. He's the guy who runs the offense. He's the guy who calls stuff out. He's their best defender. He's their best playmaker. He's their most energetic, athletic guy. You lose so much going from him to what Tim Frazier. Yeah. And and we you know we talked about Wall during our All Star podcast a few weeks back, and now he hasn't been as good as he was last year, but he's still like a nightly 20, 20 point ten assist threat. I mean, it's it's much like the Pelicans with Boogie. You're not going to replace John Wall with one player. It, it, I no, mean, that's right. You know, you'll, it's going to take a team-wide effort, as you said, Mort. Bradley Beal's going to have to do more. Otto Porter, Marcin Gortat, Markeith Morris, Tim Frazier probably moves in the starting lineup. What do you think they do more at the deadline? Does this influence their thinking? Are they going to go out and hunt for a point guard? I wouldn't go out hunting for a point guard for a. I mean, look, what what can they get here? They they if they give up a major asset for a point a decent point guard, who's mm-hmm. eventually going to go on the bench anyway because Wall is going to return. Right. Then you could argue it's wasted assets. I I does I do think that this will prevent them from being active buyers. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to play it a little bit wait and see. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, talking about the Wizards and the trade market, I do, I've, I've talked at length about this, but I keep going back to it. The Jan Mahimi contract. Yeah. It is just paralyzing to him. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, they are... The, last year, the Wizards traded their first-round pick for Bojan Bogdanovic, who left in free agency. So it's mm-hmm. it wouldn't be unlike them to trade a first-round pick for a rental that said i I think you're right in that if they do go that route they better protect the hell out of it because with wall out for possibly two months as you said they're going to be flirting with that mid first round range you know if they make the playoffs they're probably going to be 15 or 16 they might miss the playoffs they could be in the 12 to 13 to 14 range you know I, i don't see any way they're above 17 uh, or below seventeen, I should say. So if I'm if I'm giving up my first round pick this year, I'm protecting it top eighteen just to be safe. Yep. yep. I, you know, I I don't think there's any value. The Wizards have top not, twenty probably. Yeah, yeah. I don't, you probably don't even. I mean, if you can do that, <laughs> great. But you probably don't even need to. But right. like you know, maybe this compels them yeah maybe they do flip a highly protected first round pick to the clippers for lou williams maybe they send it to memphis for tyreek evans mm. well I've, we've talked about like last year we talked about lou williams going to washington i mm-hmm. was i was on the board that train yeah 
this is just a year later, but he's playing the best ball of his life, and that's not a point guard necessarily. That's a two guard. Mm-hmm. But you could probably you could have yeah you could play both Bradley Beal backward and stay obviously yeah, yeah yeah it's a I mean that I would entertain but that's because it's Lou Williams mm-hmm. specifically what I would do if we look at some internal issues or not internal solutions I should say it's just ramp up the minutes for Kelly Oubre. Like yeah. at this point in the season, he's averaging twelve points, five boards, roughly in twenty-seven minutes, shooting almost forty from free. Like he's been good. Mm-hmm. He's been really good this year. So I want to see how he fares, being given more responsibility mm-hmm. and given been given even more minutes. Like if you bump that up to thirty-three a night while Wall is out, and you let him become one of the primary decision makers, and be a guy who can call his own number when he wants to offensively. Mm-hmm. I think that might be able to speed up his development a little bit too, which they need. Look, good lord, they need that. Yeah, right. I mean, that's that's the problem with them giving up another first round pick if it's lightly protected. You know, if they actually convey their 2018 first round pick, we talked about this before with Beal, Wall, and Otto Porter all signed. They don't have the cap space to make major upgrades. They don't really have outside of Ubre and Porter. Mm. You know, they don't have a complimentary cast of young, good players that they can build around. They're New Orleans of the East. That's a good way to phrase it. Yeah, they really are. So, you really, you know, if you're the Wizards, just be careful. It would be my right. best advice. Do not, don't go trading a lightly protected. You know, a top 10 protected pick, which they did two years... I think it was top 9 protected two, two years ago, three years ago, for Markeith Morris. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, it was, right, three years ago, maybe? Um, Feels I, that way. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that if I was Washington. I, I would at least... The most I would give up is a lottery protected first, and even then... I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it, because Lou Williams is going to leave in free agency. You're not going to have the cap space to resign him, probably. No, no. So you're giving up for a rental, and like, what's what's the upside there? I mean, yes, Cleveland is falling apart, but Boston and Toronto are legit. Like, and if you have make we it reached out, that point where expiring contracts are valuable? Yeah, I would again, think so. Just given how few teams have cap space around the league, yes, I think they. And, and given how shitty contracts were giving out in 2016. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. I mean, Morris and Gortat both expire after the 2018-19 season. I think mm-hmm. Washington's going to have a lot a lot more flexibility at the trade deadline next year than it does this year. Good Lord. It's a, we should really do a pod at one point where we just discuss like bad deals and how they completely handicap teams once in a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean... You don't have to look far. Look, I mean, look no. at the Knicks who are now like trying, I guess... Joakim Noah like blew up at uh, Jeff Hornacek, Jeff Hornacek and, yeah. and now they're trying to get rid of his the remaining two years of his four year seventy two million dollar deal. Good luck. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. also trying to move a couple of pieces. I found an old 2002 H HP laptop that I'm trying to move. <laughs> I think I have I have a better shot. It has got 512 megabytes of RAM, Brian. Ooh. There you go. Yeah, it's sweetness right there. Right? That is more valuable than Joakim Noah on an NBA <laughs> court. 
Uh, all right, Moit, let's move on to other bad injury news. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. We keep going down this road. It, it it's was, so awful. It was a rough weekend in terms of injuries. Uh, Andre Roberson of the Oklahoma City Thunder suffered a ruptured patella tendon Saturday against the Detroit Pistons. He is also out for the year. The the I mean, the Thunder have been phenomenal as of late. They really seem to come into their own after a somewhat up-and-down start to the season. They are currently... Riding an eight-game winning streak heading into Tuesday. They are a half game behind the Minnesota Timberwolves for the number four seed in the West. But Andre Roberson is a critical piece to their defense, at least. I mean, we've talked about him, I think, we, we in the pod with Mark Deeks a little while ago. Uh, Correct. We, we talked about Roberson being such an offensively limited player that that, that was a weakness we expected teams to exploit in the playoffs. So, on the bright side, Oklahoma City no, has to lo- no longer has to worry about that. On the downside, he's an all-defense caliber player. Having him and Paul George was a huge luxury for the Thunder. I mean, they have a top-five defense on the year, in large part because they have those two smothering wing, de- wing defenders who would really come in handy when you're playing a team like, say, the Houston Rockets or the Golden mm-hmm. State Warriors. So... You know, it looks like this injury is going to. I, the, the Thunder are still going to make the playoffs. I think it's safe to say, but it arguably limits their upside and their chances of really, you know, making a conference finals appearance. That said, Mort, they still have Terrace Ferguson, they have Josh Westis, mm-hmm. they have uh, Alex Abrinas, and they also could go shopping at the trade deadline. What do you think the Thunder should do? How should they replace Roberson? Justin Holiday. Justin Holiday. I'm still on that. I'm still on that boat, Brian. Yeah, you are. It may just come on. It makes sense, right? It it does. I can't imagine the Bulls would be asking for much for him. Right. Like what? Probably they can't expect a first round pick for him. Only if it's like really late and like look going to Tankathon. Let's see what kind of pick. Oklahoma is looking at right now. Well, Oklahoma. Before, oh, they said there's. Yeah, yeah. that's that's Minnesota's pick. <laughs> preface oh, that no. already by saying Oklahoma yeah, that's owes right. a 2018 first rounder to Minnesota. That's uh, right. Lottery protected. They also owe a 2020 first rounder to Orlando. So the earliest first round pick they can send yeah. begins in 2022. Yeah, that's just that's so far out in the future. They're not even going to consider that for Justin Holiday, which is completely fair. Right. Nor yeah. Nor so, should they consider that. Nor should they, obviously. Right. So, what does their second round uh, stock look like? They have all of their own picks plus a 2018 second round pick from Boston that is protected for selections mm. 31 through 55. That said, Boston is not yeah. in that range right now so it, that actually would convey it's just going to be at the very bottom of the second round so basically i was thinking two second rounders for justin holiday mm-hmm. but it also factors in where those pick land picks land in the second round it's not it, it's a like people have this tendency to just go oh second rounders well yeah but it matters if the pick is 31st or 60th mm-hmm like there's a difference there, so we have to figure out some. If you if the Bulls could get two picks that are in you know the 40s, that would be fine. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fair deal. 
So, but we don't. They yeah. also, you can't just trade like the Thunder don't have the cap space to acquire Justin Holiday without sending right. out salary in return. Correct. They could send out. I mean, of of the likely options, they could send out a Brinus, but it seems like they'd probably want to keep him to make up mm-hmm. for the absence. It's probably of Kyle Singler. Yeah. Bro. Right. Yeah. So, Kyle Singler plus OKC's 2018 second round pick. Does that get it done for you? Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, yeah. I, the thing is, though, he's he's locked up for five million next year, mm-hmm. and then there's their team option for the final year. I haven't looked at guarantees, but mm-hmm. so that I would I would probably if I'm the Bulls, it might get the done. It might get it done, but I would prefer a second second rounder as compensation for taking on additional money, and for a guy who's not going to play a whole lot. Um. The, yeah, I I think that's I think that's a fair deal. The two seconds is a 2019-2020 is a club option. So they it, the only guaranteed money he has beyond this season is, is the five million five million for next year. Right, that's five hundred grand more yeah. than what you would have paid Justin Holiday. Right, but again, the Bulls would not like to have that many debt contracts on the on the on the team, especially if they are going to get a chic as well yeah so yeah i think it's a fair price to say two second rounders also because you have to look at what justin holiday fixes for you mm-hmm. he fixes a lot of things even with andre roberson you were you're looking at a guy who could not hit a jump shot right justin holiday has hit 123 some 49 games mm-hmm. so he comes in immediately and spaces the floor in a way that roberson could not even dream of and and also there's just a part of me that thinks it could be fun to see the Bulls actually getting second rounders from OKC <laughs> instead of giving them to him like last year. Right. I was going to say, we also know that they don't value second round picks at all. Oh, yeah. So maybe they would just do Kyle Singler for Justin Holiday straight up. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I think ideally, yeah, you'd love two second rounders. Maybe you just get the Boston second rounder as well. Like, I, yeah. if I'm OKC, I, I would be fine with getting rid if you get rid of Kyle Singler who's just dead space on your books basically you get Justin mm-hmm. Holiday you're paying one second round pick to get out of Singler's contract you pay the Boston second rounder to yeah for get Holiday yeah I, yeah I think that's a reasonable yeah. reasonable deal on both sides all right so we fixed OKC huh good there we go that was easy yeah Easter is coming up, and I just can't wait to have the whole family in one place. And of course, what's Easter without an awesome Easter brunch? Now, I don't know about your family, but mine is a little picky, and I really wanted to impress them with something delicious. A friend told me I should check out Total Wine and More. It was crazy. They must have every wine and beer imaginable. I told one of their friendly experts my situation, and they found me just the thing. This sparkling wine is going to be absolutely perfect for brunch, even with my picky family. I know next time I need something, I'm shopping at Total Wine and more welcome to total wine and more it's much more than a wine store it's the eighth wonder of the world when people talk about total wine and more they get a little carried away we're just a big friendly place run by people with a passion for wine and beer see we travel the world to find the best wines from the best regions and we sell them at the lowest prices anywhere and friendly helpful experts at every turn you know what maybe we are the eighth wonder of the world Shop in store or online at TotalWine.com. 
All right, well, let's fix the Memphis Grizzlies now, Mort, because Mike Conley is also out for the year. Just the the icing, <laughs> the cherry on top of the shit sandwich that we got Saturday when Cousins and Roberson mm-hmm. also got hurt. Uh, yeah, this like, was somewhat expected, though. Yeah, I mean, he had started doing some three-on-three scrimmaging in recent weeks, so it, it seemed like he was maybe trying to come back, but at the same time, the Grizzlies are so far out of the playoff race. Exactly. There's no point in risking a guy, you know, who you signed to be your franchise point guard, $30 million per year for the next couple of years. Why bring him back to play some meaningless games? Right, right. So So that's why I'm saying it was always, I mean, it was considered for a long while. He only played 12 games. If he went, if he came back, like let's just assume his body responded well and he came back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're at eighteen wins now. If you push that up to like thirty, mm-hmm. that would just lower them dramatically it, on tankathon at least. Like it would it would make them rise in the standings, which would lower their real target, which right. is getting a high pick. So yeah. this just made sense. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, do you think it influences their thinking at the trade deadline? In other words, yeah. By Tyreek. Yeah, right. Do you think there's any... And then, not only Tyreek, but what about Marc Gasol? That's that's the thing, right? We, we talked about that. If Cleveland was willing to offer the Brooklyn pick, mm-hmm. probably, probably, but... It's just so tough, because he's this incarnated Grizzlies man. You know, he's... And if you are expecting... Conley to come back at some point next year mm-hmm. you preferably want to pair him with Gasol not just play by himself I mean, let's not forget Conley is 30 right himself like he's not he's not a spring chicken anymore so unless they're going the whole you know what let's see what we how low we can go this year and then see if we can get a difference maker and then see what that rookie and Mark and Mike can do together mm-hmm. that that's fine but they could also go you know what? Let's trade Mark now. Get the get the rookie in, and then during the summer trade Mike, and then just next year we're gonna be really, really horrible. We're only gonna have one good asset in our newly drafted rookie, and then take it from there. Like there are a couple steps to see what they can do, but I don't know what what would you do? I'm kind of interested. Would you go the distance with Mark and Mike and a a good rookie? If you could, or would you just go, you know what, let's get this rookie in here and then let's just blow it up from the start. Like, let's build around him, buy Mark, buy Mike, let's just take it from there. I, at this point, I mean, you know, I'm a disciple of Sam Hinkie, so. Right. I would, I wouldn't sell Marcus all for peanuts. I would definitely want that Brooklyn pick if I'm Memphis. I would not, I wouldn't do it for like, Tristan Thompson and the the um, Cleveland's own pick because that's just going to be too low. But right. if you if you get the Brooklyn pick and trading Marcus All, trading Tyreek Evans, like you are all but guaranteeing you're going to end up with one of the league's five worst records. Mm-hmm. Now you're suddenly looking at potent. I mean, most likely two top ten picks, potentially two top five picks. So that can really accelerate your timetable you know yes you still have mike conley signed which is not ideal if you are entering a full-scale rebuild like that but Mm -hmm. 
you know that this is what happens in the nba this is just it's part of the nba circle of life you build around stars you have a half decade or more of greatness and then these guys get old and you either trade them and get something in return for them or eventually they just walk away in free agency like there's yeah. no guarantee that marcus all is going to resign there in 2019 that's true He's, you know, yeah, he's he grew up in Memphis. I mean, he's very loyal to the franchise, but, you know, maybe he says, I don't see a pathway toward contention with you guys. Um, going to yeah. be, what, 34 by then? I want a yeah. shot at a ring. I, I You know, I'm going to join the, I don't know who's going to need a center in 2019. We'll get there. But, like, I, you know, I'm going to join the Houston Rockets, or I, I'm going to join the... OKC Thunder or something like that. Yeah, the discount because yeah. I'm old. Right. So right. I think he's losing trade value by the day. I mean, if you wait, you, if you don't get any great offers, don't trade him. That's fine. I think you're under more pressure to trade Tyreek Evans because you are not going to be able to re-sign him this summer in all likelihood. You can probably get a first-round pick for him. If the Bulls just got one for Nico, I mean, you know, or theoretically you know they memphis could take back some bad salary in in exchange for a first round pick and getting rid of you know sending evans to like send send them to washington and take back some bad money that's fine like we memphis is not in a place where salary cap space really matters anymore it's you know it sucks to say that but like the the chandler parsons deal unless they can somehow wiggle their way out of the Chandler Parsons deal, which <laughs> I don't, right, which I don't think they can do. Yeah. Like, you know, take on, you're not going to take on you. I mean, yeah, unless they got out of Parsons, you're not taking on Mahin me, but take on Jason Smith and get a first round pick out of it. That's fine. He's owed. Let's see. He, he's, he has at least one more year after this year i mean it wouldn't be the end of the world if you're taking on salary right because you don't have the cap space to oh it's a player option which he's probably going to pick up because who's paying yeah 5.5 billion dollars next year but you don't have the cap space to make any moves and you're not going to be competitive you know i i think it's an avenue worth exploring for memphis I would probably move Gasol. And then here's the thing. It depends on who I'm drafting. Like, if I'm Memphis and I get DeAndre Ayton, Mm -hmm. I keep Mike Conley to accelerate Ayton's development. Yeah, totally. And the same probably can go for Mo Bamba, right? Mo Bamba, Marvin Backley. Oh, by the way, while I'm at it, I have a draft hot take right here. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to whisper it. Wendell Carter... Is gonna be better than his own teammate Marvin Bagley. Ooh, that is a hot take. Yeah. Wow. Maybe not right off the bat, but he's gonna be better. And that's, I mean, again, if if Memphis can get that Brooklyn pick from Cleveland, mm-hmm. two top ten picks. You can get, sure? Why not? Yeah, like you could, you know, depending on where that Brooklyn pick falls. I mean, that might even be outside of. Wendell Carter might be too low for the compared to the Brooklyn pick, but well, maybe not. Like if they end up with Aiden and and Wendell Carter, yeah, like that's their center power forward duo right there for the next fifteen years. 
It's true. Yeah. It's, and then you have Conley. Just you tell Conley, you know what? We just paid you 153 million. Pass them the ball. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Teach Until we them. find someone where we or some place we can trade you. Right. Yeah. All right. So it sounds like we are we are all in. I mean, we had we did a podcast way earlier this year where we were like. It was about Memphis and the Clippers, and I think it was right around, probably right around when Conley and Blake both went down, I think. And and mm-hmm. the whole thing was, should both of these teams tank? Should they trade away their stars? Even back then, you you were the one who floated the idea of, like, hey, let's start shopping Blake Griffin. Like, mm-hmm. he's hurt. You know, I, I, his value is probably not going to come back until he gets back, but let's sniff around. It just made sense, you know? Yeah, because... Here's the thing when they when they when the Clippers were all um, when, when before they re-signed Blake, I wasn't even convinced he was the right guy to bring back mm-hmm. because I think you need a very specific setup around Blake to make mm-hmm. everything happen. Yep. And when they re-signed him, it was just like, I mean, <sighs> kind of read the tea leaves a little bit. Yeah. Because everyone knows he's kind of faulty. Like he's don't get me wrong, he's he's tremendous. But he's also faulty. You, two things can be true at the same time. Right. And and it just it made no sense moving forward with him and not having like like I just said like a point guard who can set him up, because you know as as entertaining as Theodosius is, he's no Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. And he, there was the question surrounding DeAndre: Is he going to keep? Is he going to opt in, or does he want to go elsewhere? It's just, there was so much. There were so many moving parts. You just had to figure at some point the Clips had to take control, right? Right. They would have to just take control of their own destiny. And resigning Blake just did that. Like, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter go, oh, that's a dick move. Like, you sold him on the future. And then you, it's the NBA. Uh, You know, yeah, sure, he might be pissed. Then go cry on the $173 million. I mean, and I get that people say, oh, that's insensitive, Morgan. It might be. I'm sorry, but it's $173 million. I mean, if you, he could have shaved off $20 million and gone, you know what? I, I demand a no-trade clause. Right, right. And then they could have said, well, that's going to cost you on the contract. And then he could have gone, okay, sure. You kind of wonder I'll- if top-tier stars. Or, I mean, the list of people who are eligible for no-trade clauses is rather short, but yep. for those guys who are eligible, you gotta wonder if this Blake thing is gonna start making them demand a no-trade clause in their next contract, even if it means not taking a full max. Oh, but but there's an easy solution here. Say no. Mm. Yeah. If you're a team, just but then no. You risk losing them entirely. Okay, but like who how many teams for the if you unless you are a clear cut franchise player where it's just a non starter and you mm-hmm. just go obviously we're gonna give you a trade or, or no trade clause. Yeah. Like what team would be willing to do that? Yeah, I'm trying I don't think I don't think a lot of teams would be inclined to do it because they know it would potentially limit their their flexibility. Right. They saw how it hindered the New York Knicks with Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 there's definitely two sides to that equation, and I was trying to think earlier of like, where would I draw the line for guys in terms of a giving them the 35 percent, like mm-hmm. ten year plus max contract, and b guys where I would feel comfortable giving a no trade clause, and I kept coming back to like the Jimmy Butler, Paul George tier of players. 
Like that's right around the, the cutoff, yep. I would say. Like, and and Blake Griffin is not there. No, correct. I mean, I'm sorry. Like people will go, oh, he is. No, he's he's on the tier right under. Like, would you do it for Damian Lillard? Oh, that's intriguing. That's in, that's actually a very good question because I've already always had trouble like placing him in the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. I think I, I don't think I would. No. Yeah, I would not. What about Kyrie? No. Irving? No. Yeah, I I think you know I mentioned this in the Blake pod too. I think the list of players who are going to be deserving of the full thirty five percent max. Yeah. You can probably count them on two hands. Right. Yep, I think I would agree. Uh, I think the same is going to be true for a no-trade clause mm-hmm. moving forward. So we actually have a bit of news oh or boy. update. Oh, boy. Um, Vogue came out with an article regarding the Pelicans and the Bulls. Okay. Uh, the supposed trade there, or proposed trade. And it sounds like Nico actually nixed the deal. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, because Nico is interested in the two-year thing. Um, mm. and again, apparently, uh, I, it doesn't say anything about it being illegal because of the financial constraints. Mm. But I mean, again, if you just include Tony Allen, so it might have been illegal, but it's a, such a small tidbit that you know you add in a Tony Allen or an Ian Clark or Jameer Nelson or whatever, it works. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he wants the two years, sure. and this is me knowing that I don't think he minds. New Orleans at all because the best teammate he ever had, according to himself, mm-hmm. plays on the Pelicans. Rashawn Rondo. <laughs> that's right. That's actually a true thing. That's that's him. He like that's not me joking around. Oh, Nico legitimately said... feels he actually said it's the best teammate I ever had. Does he remember playing with Jimmy Butler? Well, you know that was part of the chemistry issues. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Well, I'm seeing also Scott Kushner. I believe he writes for The Advocate down in New Orleans. Uh, he's saying the largest concern regarding the Miritich team option is ensuring they have enough cap space on hand to resign DeMarcus Cousins. They can do, I mean, they have Cousins' bird rights. They can resign, mm-hmm. give him the max. It doesn't matter. It's just a matter of pushing it to the luxury tax. So, well, yeah. it seems like there are going to be more twists and turns on that front. Uh, just one more note on the the Grizzlies before we move on because it absolutely going back to your point about uh the Parsons contract in particular and how one mistake can really just detonate a franchise I mean they Chandler Parsons is under contract for 23.1 million this year 24.1 million next year 25.1 million in Mm 2019-2020 I don't know how you build a contender when you're allocating a fourth of your cap space to a guy who is not, I mean, his knees are just gone. It, it sucks. It's like, you know, I feel very bad for Chandler Parsons. I, oh yeah, but he's done. Yeah, he's cooked. So it you just can't do it if you're Memphis. Like the, the end of the grit and grind era started this summer when Tony Allen and Zach Randolph left. It's painful, but the Grizzlies really should learn a lesson from what the Clippers just did. And you know, look toward the future. If you can get, yeah, if you can get some young prospects and it picks back for Marcus All, the time to strike is now. Conley, you're going to have to wait until this summer, if not later. But yeah, 
Like you can really position yourself well for the future, Memphis, because you have. I mean, look at that roster right now. Is there a single young player who you feel comfortable labeling as a building block moving forward? Like a young, I mean, Ivan Rab. Is that like Deonta Davis, Jarrell Dylan Martin. Brooks? Yeah, I mean they're they're fine. They're good. Like yeah, they're not guys. building blocks. No, I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah, like they don't have, and the Clippers are the same way. I was, you know, I was writing about them last night, and I was looking at their roster, and I'm like, who, who is their guy? Who is their guy? They are building around moving forward. They don't Tobias? have. No, right? No, because he, yeah. he can leave. I mean, Bradley's 27, and he's unrestricted this summer. Tobias is 25. He's unrestricted next summer. I mean, like, there's That's a chance true. they they have nothing to show for the Blake Griffin trade except for a mid-first-round pick, a mid-second-round pick, and a bunch of short-term rentals. Which is fine. Like I, that's okay. I think that's you know it, it gives you the cap flexibility that you desperately need. I think it's better to have that than to have sixty million dollars locked up into Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan for the next five years. Like the more I yep. thought about that trade last night from the Clippers' perspective, the more I like it. And the more, even when we recorded our pod last night about the Pistons side, I was already a little nervous because I was like, how. <laughs> How do they improve from here? And the more I thought about it, the more I'm even more nervous. We should get Duncan Smith on. Yeah, we should. I know, because he's also, he's he writes for The Athletic, uh, the Detroit version of The yep. Athletic. He also writes for B-Ball Breakdown, and I know he had some reservations about the deal as well. So, mm. yeah, we'll, we'll try to get him on in the coming weeks. We need to. Easter is coming up, and I just can't wait to have the whole family in one place. And of course, what's Easter without an awesome Easter brunch? Now, I don't know about your family, but mine is a little picky, and I really wanted to impress them with something delicious. A friend told me I should check out Total Wine & More. It was crazy. They must have every wine and beer imaginable. I told one of their friendly experts my situation, and they found me just the thing. This sparkling wine is going to be absolutely perfect for brunch, even with my picky family. I know next time I need something, I'm shopping at Total Wine & and more. Welcome to Total Wine and More. It's much more than a wine store. It's the eighth wonder of the world. When people talk about Total Wine and More, they get a little carried away. We're just a big friendly place run by people with a passion for wine and beer. See, we travel the world to find the best wines from the best regions and we sell them at the lowest prices anywhere. And friendly, helpful experts at every turn. You know what? Maybe we are the eighth wonder of the world. Shop in store or online at TotalWine.com. Let's touch on whatever other big trade rumors are out there right now. It seems like, I mean, just based on the last 24 hours, it seems like right. this deadline is going to be more active than we anticipated. Uh, the guy that caught my eye when I was in Again. Argentina, Rodney Hood. Yeah, Mark we brought him up a couple times. Yeah, like Mark Stein of the New York Times reported him. Uh, I think he was the first to report that the Jazz were dangling him in trade discussions, and then Tony mm -hmm. Jones of the Salt Lake Tribune said they were they they've definitely been shopping him. There's enough interest that it's more likely than not he's on another team after February eighth. I guess your boy Donovan Mitchell has been so damn good that he's kind of made Hood irrelevant. Or, yeah, yeah, dust off his shoulders. Yep, yep, yep. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, Hood has a lengthy injury history of his own. 
He's going to be a restricted yeah. free agent this summer. So I can understand why Utah is reluctant to... Oh, you just you, you, you stole my point there, you bastard. <laughs> yep. I'm sorry. But that said, I could also understand why another team would want to acquire him. Because you get the right to match whatever contract he receives. Restricted mm-hmm. free agency tends to have a chilling effect on players' markets. So, you know, teams often target the unrestricted guys first, save their cap space for the restricted guys until right. the, the big-name fish are off the market. So, like, Rodney Hood's going to want probably a four-year, $80 million deal. I don't think that type of contract is out there for Rodney Hood this summer. Nope. I would agree. So I would agree. What what types of teams, or are there any teams in particular who you think should be going after Hood? Can I just say Brooklyn, even though they've been masters <laughs> at just getting this type of player? But no, it just makes sense because yeah. if you're if you're a young team, you are interested in him, mm-hmm. but you also know that he's about to get paid. Yep. So that would prevent you from having flexibility a little bit moving forward. Mm-hmm. So you can't take on dead money in payment of contract or uh, draft picks. And stuff like that. So Brooklyn doesn't care about all that because they don't have the picks. Mm-hmm. So they'll just get a, young, a bunch of young players in and focus on development. So that makes sense. The Bulls were actually mentioned as well as a mm-hmm. possible yep. landing place for Rodney Hood. Here's the thing where, with, with me and, and, and Rodney Hood. He's a shooter and he's a scorer. That's all fine. But that's about it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of sacklebean to his game in terms of what he contributes. Mm-hmm. Like scoring solely just in a different manner like he's a lousy rebounder for someone six eight he's also not a strong playmaker his defense is questionable to solid it depends on you know what kind of energy he puts onto that end every given night or any given night mm-hmm. so i'm not sold on him moving forward as like a core piece so if he's demanding 80 million i'm not even i'm not even sniffing that number no, nor would I. But again, I yeah. don't think, I don't think that contract offer is out there. Not right, only but because, I mean, like we've said it before, we'll say it again. Teams don't have that much cap space this summer, and the teams that do, I guess there are a bunch of bad teams that do have cap space this summer. Like maybe shit, maybe the Lakers miss on Paul George and LeBron James and Demarcus Cousins, and they just get super desperate. Or like, here you got Rodney Hood. Here's twenty million dollars a year. I guess if it's, it's for it. Yeah, it's possible, but if it's if it's for more than two years, it's it's a bad deal. Yeah, and at that point, wouldn't Utah just match it, or whichever team acquires him, just match it? Yeah, yeah, I I, I guess. Yeah, I think it's I think Rodney Hood is a strange player. Yeah, because he is so one dimensional. Mm-hmm. Like let's let's compare it to yeah, this is right up your alley. I was thinking about Rob Covington. Mm-hmm. Would you pay Rodney Hood more money than Covington? I think you're going to have to just because Covington was such a unique example of the renegotiation and extension. Cause I mean, moving forward after this year, Rob Covington's on a four year, $44 million deal. Correct. I, I would be surprised if hood settles for that little money. That's that's, that's not about settling. Like I'm asking you as a, as the general manager of our team. I mean, (laughs) I wouldn't be excited about it. I probably would. Where where I was thinking is he's probably going to be in the ballpark of like four years, probably like what Deion Waiters got this summer, like four years, 50 60? to 60 million. 
Okay, I could buy that. I could buy four years fifty-five. Yeah. I would if if push came to shove, I would I would consider sixty, but it would be by no means like a surefire slam dunk for me. Yeah, and I will I would want protections on that. Like I would want a team oh, yeah. option in there. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think Hood is probably going to be in for a rude awakening this summer because I'm guessing he expects his market to be far more robust than that. But yeah. I, it seems like teams last summer started to learn their lesson from 2016. Like, the mm-hmm. problem is still going to be a guy like Rodney Hood, who is objectively, I'd say he's objectively better than Evan Turner and Kent Bazemore, is going to hold up their contracts for years, $70 that- million. Yeah, that's not saying much, though. No, I know, but he's going to like use them as the baseline, and teams are going right. to be like, great, but that was two years ago. We're, you know, Then they're going to hold up Dion Waiters, who I think was like four yeah. years, 52 million, or Rob Covington, who was four years, 44. And they're going to say, like, this is the new reality. You're getting, mm-hmm. you know, 11 to $14 million a year. Take it or leave it. So I'm just going to... Yeah, say some numbers here. Mm-hmm. He's never had a PER. He's like he's his. This is a career high for him. Is he's never broken fifteen. He's at fourteen point six. That's a career high right now. His true shooting percentage in every year of his career has been below league average as well. Mm. That those numbers they concern me if I'm to, about to invest four years in him. Yeah, and I mean he's banged up. Pretty much, like, that's just his constant state of being is mildly yeah, the in- injured. Exactly, the injury. And then the fact that, like, okay, you can look at Clay Thompson as a guy who is not an advanced stats darling, mm-hmm. but his defense is outstanding. Sure. Like, he does so many things defensively that it's not box score relatable. Mm-hmm. Like, you, okay, sure, you can use on and off numbers and stuff like that. That's fine. But you don't have the same, I mean... You, you can't just gauge that because it also depends on who you're playing with, who's on the court at the same time as you, yada, 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 and so on. Rodney Hood is not in the same ballpark defensively. Right. So he's intriguing as a scorer, and you have to view him in the right light. If his team goes, oh, that's our solution at shooting guard or small forward for the next four years, you're probably going to get disappointed. Like, you need to be realistic going into Rodney Hood and realize what he is at this point. Yeah. So if teams are going to shop, or if you know, if the Utah is going to shop him at the deadline, and some team is willing to like, oh, okay, this is our guy, so we're going to pay out of our eyeballs to get him. Mm-hmm. You should, should thank their lucky stars. I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, my first instinct when I saw Hood's name come up is like, oh shit, I would actually love for him to end up on the Sixers. But then I thought, like, hmm, what would I actually be willing to trade for him? Like, I don't. I wouldn't be excited to get rid of the Sixers. I wouldn't trade the Sixers unprotected first round pick for him by any means. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I, no. I would be nervous to trade a lottery protected first for him because it seems like the Sixers are going to be right on the cusp. They're either going to be the eight seed or they're going to fall out. But, you know, the, I don't think you want to trade a cost controlled asset for the right to pay Rodney Hood a lot of money in free agency when you can just sign him to an offer sheet. The Sixers are going to have yep. plenty of cap space to do it if they want to. So I I don't know like I don't know what I was trying to think like what is a reasonable expectation for Utah to get back for Rodney Hood? A similar value as Nikola Miritich? Like 
you would take back bad salary, but you would get a potential mid first round pick. Yeah. Okay. So the, I would probably not take the back contract. The Bulls are doing this because it at least just provi- it, it provides an opportunity for them to get a first round draft pick. Sure. Yeah. That that's why they do it, and they're in no rush to make anything important. Yeah. Utah's it seems are a little bit more keen on going to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Least, so yeah. the change in perspective changes. And but like if you. Yeah. Well, Hood is just making two point four million dollars this year. So unlike Nico, who's owed a lot, and they all oh, right, the right, can right. absorb a bad contract in return. Yep. It's going to be hard unless you package. Maybe you package Rodney Hood with Joe Johnson, and then you can take back a bigger contract in exchange. But yeah, well, you don't have to. If if Hood is earning two point four, then he should be pretty easy to move just by himself. Right. So if you move Hood and you get something along the lines of the 15th or 16th pick, Mm -hmm. what will eventually become that in that range, Mm -hmm. I mean, that would be a good deal. And I would probably, if I'm Utah, I'll accept it if it's like top 20. Yeah. (laughs) If only Detroit had its first round pick still. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. But let me ask you, just out of curiosity, because we're comparing these two, mm-hmm. like, bullet to your, or gun to your head, I should say, Nico or Hood? Like, if you were mm-hmm. going forward with a player, like, who do you think is the best piece mm-hmm. or is the best player? I mean, even the fact that you're taking time to think means that we should probably lower our expectations on Hood moving forward because a lot of people were like, oh, this is a, this might be a franchise guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, now we're comparing him to Nicola, and you sat back in your chair going, hmm, <laughs> I have to think about this. I think it's more, like, I would prefer Hood just because he's younger and you theoretically could envision him tapping into more upside in a different situation, right. assuming he gets an, over the injuries, but... The injuries factor in, as does, you know, assuming Nico's team option gets picked up for next year, you know what you're paying him. He's a cost-controlled asset. You know he's gone. I mean, he's a free agent at twenty in 2019 at the latest. So, like, if you're trading for Hood, you're trading for the right to pay him, basically. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I don't know that a team is going to be willing to give up a whole lot when... A team with cap space should not give up a first-round pick. I would say even a heavily protected first-round pick. I don't know why a team with 20-plus million in cap space would give up that for Rodney Hood when you can just sign him in free agency. If you're a team like the Pistons, where you're capped out and you've kind of made your splash, or um, like the Toronto Raptors last year, what they did with Serge Ibaka, then I can buy it a little more. Like if if the Thunder had first round picks to trade, I would you know if I'm the Thunder, I would happily trade a lottery protected first for Rodney Hood. That would be fine. But right, because team situation matters. Right, but I can't yeah. really think of a situation where, like I guess Cleveland, if if uh, if the the Utah Jazz are willing to take back Cleveland's first round pick. Maybe. Hmm. hmm. Or I guess the Spurs. Spurs. 
Ooh, so we're down in the 26 right now. Yeah, right. Hell, even the Timberwolves, so Tibbs can stop running his starters into the ground. <laughs> Is that a thing, even <laughs> if they upgrade the roster? But I get the Wolves actually owe their first-round pick to Atlanta, so that's off the table. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to find the logical fit. Yeah. Because, like, Toronto, I mean, Toronto would be great, but they owe their lottery-protected first-rounder to Brooklyn. Um, I mean, yeah, OKC owes two. The earliest they're giving up is 2022, which is too far away. Yeah. I, like, if the Knicks want to be buyers, sure, they have first round. They have all their first-round picks. It seems like a <laughs> perfectly Knicks buyers. thing to yeah. do, but... Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I mean, Milwaukee uh, owes its first rounder to Phoenix, heavily protected, but like Milwaukee can't trade its 2018 first rounder. So it's tough to find a workable deal for Hood, even though, yeah, like, it is. conceptually, I really like him as a player. And I would, you know, I'd be happy to have him on my team at the right cost. It's just, are you giving up a lot? just for the right to potentially overpay him? I think you are. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I definitely think that whoever is on the phones with Utah are hesitant to go all in. Mm-hmm. I mean, this... Look, it's the same situation in Chicago with Levine. Like, he's not yeah. a, a surefire thing anymore. Right. Or if he was at any point... Like he's an offensive-minded player, he's he does not project to be a two-way player. And if we look at the state of the league right now, if you're a one-way player, you 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 should just not break the bank. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I mean, gonna, Andre Roberson again. You know what's going to be shitty is when the Warriors trade their first-round pick for Rodney Hood. Just to oh God, just just could. to cement the title. Just like that right. could happen, couldn't it? I mean. I don't think they won't have the. Oh, they have the right to retain him, but the salary cap or the luxury tax bill would be so astronomical. They don't think they would. But if they just want to take a one year stab at like guaranteeing themselves the title, mm. whatever. If that pick is going to be thirtieth. Yeah, and honestly, who knows? Like, if you looked at Ian Clark's season, mm-hmm. like we all thought that he would make it big mm-hmm. that he would get eight or nine million mm-hmm. he took a minimum deal yeah right yeah. so if you if you are golden state who lands rodney hood and he plays like 16 minutes a game or something that value is going to lower itself mm-hmm. tremendously yeah it's gonna be I, i'm fascinated to see you know I, with all the big names it'll be fun to see what happens in the next week but like yeah. hood is probably the most interesting guy to me in terms of yep where he lands and what type of deal he gets this summer. So right from from the unconventional name pool because yeah. obviously Kemba Walker is the guy we should focus on. Right, right, right. But yeah, yeah, like the, okay. big, yeah. yeah. the big names we know and have right, discussed. Right. But Hood Hood just came out of left field for me, so I'm I'm glad we talked this one out. Uh, do you have a crush of the week, Mort? That you want to shout I out? I do. I do. Who Who is your guy? Dwight Howard. Oh, interesting. Look. The Hornets are two and three, so they haven't had the best week, but Dwight's been fantastic. Nine point nineteen point two points a game, fourteen point eight rebounds, one point four steals, four point two blocks, 
um, hitting 71.5% from the free throw line on 8.4 attempts, shooting 53% from the field. He's just been rock solid over the last five games, and he's just sneakily having a good season for the Hornets. Mm. And it's nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. We. I mean, we were cautiously optimistic about his fit in Charlotte, and I would say uh, most of Charlotte's struggles are not due to him. Due to, it's due mm. to the other issues that we were worried about heading into the year, the lack of point guard depth. Nick Batum has taken a major step back. Marvin Williams has come back off from his career season a couple of years ago. But yeah, Howard, Howard's been good. I, I mean, he appeared on shockingly more all-star ballots not not like writers all-star ballots but like what he was among the top 10 in front court vote getters in the east right Mm -hmm. i think he was yeah i don't totally hate it he's been playing well uh (laughs) i'm gonna well let's just stick with the big man theme for my crush of the week our boy jonas valanchunas mort yes yes so i at this point i think you know, we have long wondered when the Raptors are going to play him more minutes and give him like 30 minutes a game because he's never topped that threshold. At this point, it seems like that ship has sailed and we should just accept that mm-hmm. he is who he is. He's going to be a 25-minute guy. 25-minute a a game guy. There we go. A game guy, yeah. 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 Tongue twister. Um, but that said, his last 12 games... He's averaging 22.3 minutes. He's still producing like a full-time starter. 14.4 points, 10.7 rebounds, one and a half assists, and a block. Shooting 61% from the field. Like, we, I mean, we haven't talked about the Toronto Raptors all that much this year because they've just been doing kind of what we expected. They're right at the top of the East, and we figured they would be. They're like this is this team deserves more attention. I I apologize to the Toronto fans out there for not giving you guys the attention you deserve this year, because like I I would take the Toronto Raptors right now over the dysfunctional as hell Cleveland Cavaliers. And Jonas has started shooting threes a little bit. Yeah, it's uh, the Raptors are playing very well overall. I think mm-hmm. you know with I. The whole depth of the team, especially in the front court, not only Jonas and uh, Serge Ibaka, but um, Siakam and Pirtle off the bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Both are playing really well. I mean, DeRozan, we've talked about him a little bit earlier this year, shooting threes. Actually, I, I named him as a crush a couple weeks ago, and you made fun of me for it, but I stand by it. Well, I only made fun of you because I mentioned Kevin Durant. So <laughs> right. let's be fair here. Also, Fred VanVleet. Yeah. And, and yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, Norman Powell isn't even doing that much. Nope, he's not. Like 39% from the field, 28 from free. He's just been kind of there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they go a legit 11, 12 deep, depending on how yep. you feel about Bebe. So keep an eye out, people. The Toronto Raptors, I know the Celtics and the Cavs are attracting a lot of the attention in the East for very different reasons, but the the Raptors are lingering, and this could be the year where they finally put their regular season success well, and translate it to the playoffs. 
I'm I still I'm on board with a Valanciunas for Robin Lopez deal because I think they would benefit so so much from having a a Robin Lopez on their team like defensive oriented great passer boxes out for everyone like a maniac mm-hmm. and it's just all over the court all the time. You just want to blow up the Chicago Bulls more. Oh, that too, but <laughs> that's not like I think it would be a good deal for both teams because, yeah. because Valanciunas is on a pretty cap friendly deal and he's still young enough to be a part of a rebuilding or a rebuilding team so he would fit in well with chicago's youth movement who, who aren't really that young to begin <laughs> with which is part of why i mention it because you have like chris dunn and denzel valentine who are like 20 both nearing 24 yep. yeah yeah so he would just fit in well and i want to see the raptors do well in the playoffs for a change and i think lopez will help help them to do that like he's a strong offensive rebounder he he seems to be playing i don't know if you catch my drift he just seems to be playing a more winning type of basketball than valanciunas does yeah i mean valanciunas still not ideal defensively Um, right exactly i mean putting up good counting stats but yeah I, i don't disagree that lopez would be a good fit in toronto what you know how you make that trade workable i feel like if anything, Chicago would have to give up some type of pick because I think Valanciunas yeah, I don't necessarily is, disagree with that. Yeah, yep. I think Valanciunas is probably the more highly valued player of the two, but just not in Toronto, <laughs> right? Just not in Toronto. But we'll we'll stay abreast of all the latest trade developments in the coming days, and we will be recording plenty between now and the February eighth deadline. In the meantime, please follow us at the NBA Pod on Twitter. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We'd love any feedback. And we're being hosted this year on FanRag Sports, so check out FanRag Sports on Twitter, at FanRag Sports, and for their NBA content, at FRS Hoops with a Z. As always, I'm Brian Toporek, and I was joined by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. You too, Brian. Easter is coming up, and I just can't wait to have the whole family in one place. And of course, what's Easter without an awesome Easter brunch? Now, I don't know about your family, but mine is a little picky, and I really wanted to impress them with something delicious. A friend told me I should check out Total Wine and More. It was crazy. They must have every wine and beer imaginable. I told one of their friendly experts my situation, and they found me just the thing. This sparkling wine is going to be absolutely perfect for brunch, even with my picky family. I know next time I need something, I'm shopping at Total Wine and more welcome to total wine and more it's much more than a wine store it's the eighth wonder of the world when people talk about total wine and more they get a little carried away we're just a big friendly place run by people with a passion for wine and beer see we travel the world to find the best wines from the best regions and we sell them at the lowest prices anywhere and friendly helpful experts at every turn you know what maybe we are the eighth wonder of the world Shop in store or online at TotalWine.com. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance.
Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just $2, $4, and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. 